Hey, strangers, welcome to another episode of The Strange Sessions. I am Kurt. I'm Krista. And we are joined in the studio today by one of my longtime closest brother from another mother friends, Jamie Bond. Hi. Hi. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome to the studio. Uh, Jamie's going to sit in with us today. Our topic for today is going to be Area 51. Exciting. Exciting. It's our eighth episode. I know. That's crazy. When are we going to stop counting down? Probably when we hit 10. Well, we're always going to say what episode it is, though, aren't we? Even when we get to like the 13th, 14th, 15th? Why not? Okay. <laughs> well, this is our eighth episode. <laughs> do we have any housekeeping? We do, but I, wa- I wanted, I don't have it written down. It was the link that Sarah McFarland sent to us that the guy's Twitter with the ghost outside the door. Oh, yeah, that is so cool. Okay, we can talk about it a little bit if you want, and then we'll post a link. I'll post a link. By the time that this is aired, there should be a link posted yeah. on there. It is. It's pretty cool. It's interesting. It, it could all cool. be a total hoax. Yeah, I don't know, but hoax. it's a fun hoax if it is. But yeah, you can talk about it. So, okay, I'm going off of the link you sent me, but this there's this guy on Twitter. I don't, what's his name? Do you remember his uh-uh. name? We'll, we'll post all this, but he has been waking up at the same time or at the same time every night. I don't know if he's waking up or just noticing this, but his cats will go and sit and stare at his door, right? The door to the apartment. Yeah. And they'll just sit there and stare at it. Am I skipping ahead? No. Okay. But I think my cat does that a lot too, where <laughs> she'll stare at something that... But it's the same time every night, yeah. I guess. And yeah. um, they just... And they, he showed videos. You could see videos and pictures. They're just intently staring at the door like there's something happening out there. And didn't he have dreams too that there was a little boy? Yeah. Was it a little boy Whether that like was his head caved? His head was caved yeah, in. Yeah, his head was caved in because he put drawings of it, of like his interpretation of what the boy looked like on Twitter as well. And I, it sounded kind of like sleep paralysis to me. Of course, I think everything is sleep paralysis. <laughs> because it's a convenient explanation and i've had it myself um i haven't and i'm happy about that yeah be very happy have have you you? we can talk about that i didn't know that all right side topic (laughs) housekeeping um (laughs) so then he posted a picture through the peephole of his door of the stairwell and you can see kind of what looks like there's something between like a it's like a bookshelf and the staircase where like this what are those called spindles yeah on the staircase you can see that there's something there and it looks like a mist or it looks like some kind of figure just something there's something there so it's kind of this ongoing saga i guess of him trying to figure out what's going on didn't someone in the building say you saw the little girl did you see the or the little boy or whatever it was yes so there's some history behind who this might be and but it's so hard today to have faith in something like that when it's so easy to to make you know, fake stuff. Right. But it's, it's interesting. It's kind of intriguing. Yes. It's getting uh, a little it should bit be of a on buzz. our Facebook wall. Check it out. Yeah. We'll post that for you guys. Tell us what you think. Hoax, fact, faked, whatever. I don't know what I think yet. I'm leaning towards real, but. I don't know enough about it. Yeah. Do we have any other housekeeping? I don't think so. We are now officially on mm-hmm. iTunes. Well, that's good housekeeping. That is good housekeeping. We are on iTunes and other podcasting apps. Stitcher. Stitcher. I use Pocket Casts. So you can find us on there and you can download, actually download our episodes, listen to them whenever you want instead of, you know, (laughs) having to listen to them. (laughs) We're still going to put them on YouTube, but we're also going to have them in the other ways you can get them. I revamped the website a little bit too. It's a little bit more user friendly and nicer to look at. Yes. So subscribe, like, uh, comment, uh, rate us, let us know what we do good, what we do bad. Share. Yes, There's definitely a, share. There's a Facebook page called Podcast We Listen To that I just joined, so I'm just going to start spamming it with just stuff do that. about Just every, every five minutes. Podcast. Every five minutes. People love that. <clears throat> That's yeah. very effective. Absolutely. Not at all annoying. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, shout outs? I, I hear you guys have some shout outs. I have actually two shout outs. Uh, my first shout out I want to give to my good friend, Stephanie Thompson. She loves the podcast. I've known her Back when I was in college, there was a thing on the computer called Lambda Moo, where it was like, uh, <laughs> it's hard to explain. It was like an early form of a chat program mm-hmm. where you could like create your own little room on there and it was all text. Okay. You know, like this was Is it before. like furry? Yeah. Do that's you remember exa- furry? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. But oh I met her on there and we've been friends ever since. Oh, so cool. I want to give you a shout out. Stephanie, love you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I want to give a shout out to, I talk about Sophie a lot on the show. She's one of my best friends. Give a shout out to her husband, Adam Ray. 
in an earlier episode, I called her by her maiden name. <gasps> so I oh, know. No, I know. I know. Shame. But that's, I have like a weird thing with that where when I know somebody by their maiden it's name, hard. Yeah, they're it's always hard. that person. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he loves the podcast. She loves the podcast. So shout out to you, Adam. Thanks for listening. Jamie. My shout outs, uh, you already gave one to him, Mr. James Zollick, who listens to the show yes. and uh, is another friend of ours, but I've only known Jim since junior high, not since first grade, like I've known you, so, you know. He's, he's a, not as important. He's a, he's a newcomer. <laughs> he's <laughs> a newcomer. I gotta say, Jim, as much as I looked for a connection between Area 51 and Bigfoot, I could not find one. No, so I'm no. Sorry. We like to joke around with Jim with Bigfoot. Is he a believer? I don't I mean, think so. I think he uses it to scare his kids. Oh. Well, that, that's the way it should be used. Yeah, that that's is a, why that's a lot of this stuff that is, is made a, up. That's a good parenting method. Right. Yeah. I'm going to have to remember that. Parenting through fear. They'll never go into the woods <laughs> Exactly. Ever. No, because they were just out like hunting <laughs> bears or something, yeah, I mean, weren't they? They? A, they actually have bears near their cabin, and they put up a, a camera system to catch them. And I think they, he even puts out like tons of candy d- in order to lure them near the cameras. And, man, it's... Scary how big those bears yeah. are, how close they are to his cabin, but, you know. I think that's just a cover for squatch hunting, but <laughs> that's just yeah. me. Or the grays. Or the grays. Do you have a shout-out, Krista? No, I don't think so. Wow. I'm giving everybody the cold shoulder this week. Yeah. <laughs> the hell with them. <laughs> yeah. Take that, <laughs> listeners. One of those weeks. <laughs> yep. And I also want to thank all of our listeners for the comments and everything they leave about the previous episodes. Uh, what was your favorite episode, Jamie? Uh, reality. See, and that makes me happy because I love the reality one, and I feel like people were kind of like, eh. Oh, I liked that. it. Well, I was there, but I it's liked just it. kind of a. Or were you? <laughs> or ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, by far and away, our most popular episode is the missing four one one episode. People love that, and so many people have messaged me and said they got pulled down that rabbit hole of looking up that stuff after listening to our podcast. So thank you guys for listening and for letting us know what you like. I'm glad you guys like that one. And we'll be covering more 411 yeah, stories. Yeah, I think we're going to do another episode on that, you know, covering more of the weird disappearance stories. Which is a big thing of mine. You know that. I listen yes. to like nonstop missing persons podcasts. Yes. And if there's a little paranormal twist, I'm just like in heaven. So. I feel like I got burnt out on the true crime stuff because for a while, it I mean, all little... I was watching was Investigation yeah. Discovery. Oh, that's all I watch. I know. It's but a I think little I... depressing and it makes you kind of paranoid. And after yeah. a while, you're just like, I need to watch some cartoons or something. Yeah. <laughs> some Seinfeld. But I think... Is it the next episode? We're going to do Maura Missing Murray. Maura Murray. Yeah. Yes. I keep saying Missing Maura because Murray that's because the that's the name of the, the podcast. podcast. But yes, Maura Murray, who is missing. But you're in charge of that one because you're... I'm already taking notes. <laughs> Good. Uh, tonight's show is about Area 51. Which is cool. This place exists. We know it it's a real exist. thing. Now we know it's a real thing. Unlike now a it's, lot it's, of things that we talk yeah. about, this is a real place. Although the, the government denied it for years and years and years. I believe it was Russia that forced them to admit that it was real because mm, of a lawsuit? No, it wasn't Russia. It was, was it? people that worked there. Oh, it was people that worked yes. there? Oh. Yes. Because they were getting injured. They were. We'll get into that. Okay. okay. <laughs> I like to try to force us to skip ahead and Kurt always reels she me back does. in. She does. <laughs> and I stand my ground. <laughs> I don't let her pretty face weigh me into. <laughs> but yeah, it is a real place. Um, it's in the southern portion of, of Nevada, <laughs> 83 miles north northwest of Las Vegas. Um, I kind of have a personal connection with the place. Kind we, of. We will get into it. It's a pretty big deal if you were born after, there. I was born there. <laughs> <laughs> no uh, alien parentage. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, Could be. I'm not ruling anything out. No. It would explain a lot if I sure was, would. but I'm not. But long story short, my dad has been there and done stuff there, but we will get to that after the very brief history lesson. Okay. Uh, Area 51 pretty much came about after the end of the Second World War. The Soviet Union started kind of closing themselves off from everything else, and we wanted information about what was going on there. So we decided that what we needed was an aircraft that we would be able to do reconnaissance. Okay. Except they were able to intercept 
a lot of our aircrafts at the time. In 1955, a CIA special assistant for planning and coordination named Richard Bissell and an Air Force officer working on the U-2 project named Colonel Osman Reitland went to look for a location to test the upcoming U-2 prototype. Uh, the U-2 spy plane would be able to fly farther than we even thought was possible. But we needed a place in total secrecy to work on this. Okay. <clears throat> so they went out. They were looking around California or Nevada. On April 12th, 1955, they were scouting locations from the air with the help of a Lockheed test pilot. They? Who's they? The Richard Bissell and Colonel Osmond Ritland. They were kind of in charge of finding a place to do this. Okay. So they were flying over the Groom Lake Salt Flat when they noticed an airstrip that had been abandoned that the Army Air Corps was using in World War II. They figured that would be perfect location for it. So they looked on the Atomic Energy Commission's map to see where it was, and it was next to an Area 15. And there's, their map was segmented into areas. And nobody really knows exactly how the name Area 51 came around, if that was labeled 51. But people don't seem really know how the Area 51 came in. Hmm. <clears throat> Maybe and it was just to be sort of, if it was next to Area 15. That's what somebody said. Somebody, I want I think I was listening to the Sofa King podcast where they joked that the guy was probably dyslexic. And <laughs> or said, they oh, picked a number that would not indicate yeah. where it was on the map because yes. it wasn't anywhere near where, you know, the other corresponding numbers would be. Yeah. Misleading. Three months later, the site actually became operational. They called it a bunch of different names at the time. It was named the Watertown Strip. It was named the Ranch. It was named Paradise Ranch. Yeah, I heard they about that. They named it Paradise Ranch in order to entice people to come work there. On this <laughs> in little, the middle of the desert. Yeah, this yeah. godforsaken. Super lush and luxurious. Mm-hmm. So it went under all these different names. I think it was also called Dreamland. It was called Dreamland. It was called... Neverland Ranch? Wasn't that one of them? Or Isn't that Michael uh, Jackson? Michael <laughs> 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 well, all right. It's <laughs> oh, that was close. That. <laughs> that was close. There's aliens Great. with that, too. <laughs> yeah, there are aliens involved in that. Yeah, some weird stuff going on there. I don't even know if I'm going to edit that out. No, that was you won't, because it's perfect. Okay. <laughs> but so then they started testing and started flying the U-2 plane and that's when UFO sightings skyrocketed because people didn't know that a plane was able to fly that high. Oh. So when they would see like the glint of the sunlight off the wings and stuff like that, they, people just started phoning in that they were seeing UFOs. So it was just misidentification in most of those cases yes. probably. And of course the government didn't do anything to dissuade them yeah from. they can't say no that's our this place doesn't top exist secret spy plane. right yeah <laughs> i think another thing is also uh the direction you see it coming from like uh when we get to janet later on mm -hmm. you know if you have a plane flying straight towards you from your perspective it looks like it's hovering yeah sure you know yeah. and yeah. so if it that's takes a, a turn point. then it seems like it's been hovering and it takes off like a jet in another direction that's very true i've yeah. experienced that myself yes. yeah yeah and people didn't know what to make of these things so i guess just uh, what was what was the statistic that they think that half half over half of the UFO sightings around that time were this plane the U two okay wow and it's successor. what that says though is the other half were possibly UFOs possibly <laughs> um, it, it was also no near to Groom Lake wasn't it yes and I I think that was desirable because um, it's very flat and so you could use it as a runway even you know, though they had a runway. Yes. How many square miles is Area 51? Do we know that? I don't know off the top of my head because it's been constantly, it's been expanding. Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just like recently, not really recently, but with like in the 90s or something like that, they purchased a bunch of land around it because I think they were getting fed up with people going to, you Pushing know, some of those limits. peaks to yeah. look. Sure, running into the camo dudes. Right now, as they like yeah, to call running them. into the camo dudes. <laughs> right now, the well-known spot is Tickaboo Peak. Yep. Which is where people go with their lawn chairs and they sit and watch stuff. Watch men in tinted windowed trucks drive around yeah. and watch and them back. Give them dirty looks. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, it had the longest runway mm -hmm. in the world that they kind of needed in order for some of these aircraft to 
to either land or get up to speed where they could take off. Do we know of any other specific, like, now we can talk about craft that they developed and tested Yeah, they there? did a lot of stuff. Jamie, do you know some of the other ones? Yeah. The, uh, the U-2 uh, program, I think, was headed by Lockheed, and Lockheed was run out of Burbank, California, which is one of the reasons why they were looking in California and Nevada area for, for uh, testing. Um, now, that division of Lockheed was nicknamed the Skunk Works. Skunk Works. Which came from a little Abner cartoon. Yes. Um, I never knew that. I knew it was the Skunk Works, but I never really knew where that came from. But I guess the idea behind it is that, you know, it's supposed to describe an organization without much oversight and, yeah. and, and things along those lines. But, you know, the U-2 was developed in 1955. Its successor, the A-12, or Operation Oxcart, was uh, developed in 1959. Later on, there was the SR-71, uh, codenamed Blackbird, yeah. uh, the F-22 Raptor, the F-117A Nighthawk, which was a stealth fighter. You know, so this is well into the 1990s you know, yeah. that they're developing um, fighter craft. Uh, and those were used actively in our military? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one thing that was interesting about the A-12, Jamie and I were talking about this when we were driving out here, was that... They had uh, like a plastic mock-up of it, the actual size and, and the contours of the plane that they would bring out to the runway in order to test the stealth properties of the plane. And the Russians ended up knowing what the plane looked like, and they couldn't for the longest time figure out how because they knew the schedule of the Russian satellites that when the satellite was going to go over, they pushed everything to hangers. <laughs> you know, they, I guess they were said that it was just like a big pain it's in the ass funny. because every time <laughs> they knew a satellite was coming over, they had to scoot everything out. Oh boy! But they finally realized that the Russians knew what the A-12 looked like because when it was sitting out on the runway, the shadow of it was making the ground beneath it cool. And the oh, Russian satellites had thermal properties. Sure. So even though the plane was gone, they would be able to tell the shape of the plane from the thermal image that it's shadow left. bastards. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> so I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Like they, the Russians knew about it almost from the start. I mean, it wasn't, it was almost more secret from us than it was from them. But they did what they could to hide stuff. Yeah, you can only do so much. Oh, so I think, I think the secrecy just around the whole... Um, location and program is interesting about how you know people are boarded onto a completely unmarked yeah. airplane yep. and do you have more about that we'll or? get to that okay yes there i go skipping ahead skipping ahead Damn. uh <clears throat> the facility really came to be known around 1989 that is when someone named bob lazar came forward with claims that he had worked there Apparently, he was bringing friends out to the desert because he knew what times these crazy objects were going to be flying around. So he brought his friends out there to watch him, and he got busted, and he got fired. So in 1989, he came forward with claims that he worked at S4, an underground secret facility located near Area 51. Uh, he said that he was brought on by the government to reverse engineer uh, UFOs that they had captured and he spent his time reverse engineering these and then he found out that they were powered by something called element 115 that would create gravita gravitational waves that would allow the UFOs to fly here from great distances. Okay. <clears throat> so where, where was he kind of exposing all of this? What was the... It was actually on... Yeah, what happened was Bob Lazar contacted a Las Vegas television station called KLAS to claim that he had been working there. So they ran an interview with him where he was like shaded out. Okay. You know, like the shadow, like they do when they called him <clears throat> yeah. Dennis. Did they do the voice too? I don't know if they did the, the witness voice. witness protection voice. I don't know if they did the voice. <laughs> okay. But yeah, he said that the alien crafts that he was reverse engineering flied by amplifying gravity waves. He said that there was this element 115 that nobody had ever heard of. And where does this element come from? It's not something said, you can... He said that it was given to us by aliens, that we, back in the 60s and 70s, we were trading with the aliens, that they gave us technology and gave us things, and that 
people aren't sure what we gave them in return, mm-hmm. but that's where people theorize that we'd let them so abduct via, humans for experiments. Via Area 51? Was this like the internet, you know, the intergalactic trade post? Basically, the the top secret stuff we got from them was supposedly kept at Area 51. Okay. Is that, that where that it was, was obtained? That was like, that's where they were meeting? These? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what Bob Lazar was saying. Okay. And he said that uh, he's been on the ships and that they're, his first thought was that, like, the seats and everything are unusually small. So it's from, you know, like, grays, like, yeah. like the grays that we talk sure. about. Uh, there's a lot of people that think he's nuts, Bonkers. either nuts or a hoaxer. Sure. Uh, there are people that back him up on this saying that, yeah, he was there, but he claimed to go to MIT. He claimed to go to Caltech and people, crazy people are, people s- can yeah. be smart. <laughs> people looked into this and there's no records of him being at those schools. <clears throat> oh, of course. And he says that's because the government erased his. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of a documentary I just watched on Netflix. I can't remember what the name of it is, but it's about this guy who ha- has made these claims of being abducted by aliens over the years. And after this documentary came out, it was revealed that he's um, being charged with pedophilia and having mm. child pornography. And he's claiming that the government planted all the child pornography onto his computers and stuff to try to stop him from exposing blah, blah, blah. So. Yeah. And that, you know, that happened with Bob Lazar where he was caught helping, like financially helping a prostitute, Mm. but it's Vegas. I mean, paying for her services. (laughs) I don't know if it was paying for her services, but he got, he got in big trouble for that, but it's Vegas where prostitution's not that big of a thing. Well, it's legal. Yeah. But brothels. Yeah. I think he had claimed that that was them, you know, trying to. It's very convenient. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you want to. If you're the government and you want to get somebody, you can do that. Sure. That's a good way to do it. It's relatively easy to do, too. Hack into someone's, you know. You know, and they found out that the time that he was supposedly attending MIT, he was actually, they found records of him being at a, a junior college somewhere else. Hmm. But then there are people that said they actually worked with him and remember seeing him. So people think that he was working with a company that was contracted with Area 51. Oh, okay. And that he may have been there. But they don't know if he... And then decided to just sort of, you know, yeah. elaborate a little yeah. bit. Or if he's like a compulsive liar. Could be. So, yeah, I, mean, I don't Area know. Area 51 needs janitors like everywhere else. Yeah, you know? they, they do. <laughs> You're right. Someone's got to clean the toilet. So, Bob Lazar could almost be an episode in itself. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've never even heard of this guy. Yeah. So. Oh, he's big in like the UFO okay. scene. Because he's, he's kind of the one that blew the whistle on Area 51. Mm. It, that's when it kind of became widely known. Okay. I, I think I'm the only one here who gets signal. And uh, yeah. according to the Wikipedia, um, the original base is 6 by 10 miles long. And the area, the no-fly zone is 23 by 25 miles long. Uh, restricted airspace above Area 51. So that's pretty huge. Yeah, that is huge. So with Bob Lazar came, you know, knowledge that this place existed, and they were still very functional. They were still working on aircraft. Uh, another thing they did out there was they would get enemy aircraft, and they would bring them there to study them. You know, there's reports that they would see U.S. planes, like, pretend jet fighting with Russian MiGs in order to figure out better strategies. So that is also where they would take any captured or you know, given to us aircraft. A lot of them were people that would defect. Okay. They would fly over here and then they would bring the aircraft there. And then in 1994, a bunch of former employees of Area 51 came forward to file a lawsuit against the government. They were exposed to toxic fumes. They wouldn't let you, like if they had stuff that needed to be destroyed, they wouldn't let anything be taken off base. So it had to be done there. So they were taking computers, they were taking the stealth panel material, and they were burning it. And people were in charge of that, and they would have to go into the pit every now and then and stir it. And the government wouldn't let them wear any protection over their waist. So these people had problems where their skin was peeling off, where they would end up with horrible (laughs) lung conditions. So these people, uh, some of them died these people or their spouses filed a lawsuit. 
Well, and I had heard it was also just commonplace workplace injuries were happening, and there's no such thing as work comp when the place that you work for doesn't exist. exist. Exactly. Yeah, and so I think it was this lawsuit that forced the government to admit that it existed. Yes. yes. Yep. I don't know if they officially admitted it existed, but at that point, they kind of weren't hiding it anymore. So with these workers or the deceased workers' spouses filing this lawsuit... In Wait, night- so people actually died? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of the guy's names was Robert Frost. Not the poet. Not the poet. <laughs> I what? Know that, I know that you love the, the woods poet. Woods are lovely, darkened people. <laughs> but yeah, his wife is one of the people that joined that because he passed away. And then after they filed the lawsuit... In 1995, President Bill Clinton exempted the base from any environmental liabilities due to national security. So the people basically saw nothing. Yeah, that's lovely. That's not the uh, only unpleasant sort of uh, damage from that area. Area 51 also joins the the Nevada National Security Site, uh, which is sometimes called NNSS or N2S2. Um, over the years, uh, you know, this, I think it encompasses the Tapona test range, Yeah. but regardless over the, the decades, there've been 928 nuclear tests at that site. That's oh a my lot gosh. of nuclear tests. Wow. And even though this is located in Nevada, um, the town of St. George, Utah has suffered the brunt of the fallout. Sure. In fact, uh, one of the most notorious stories about it uh, involves the filming of the movie The Conqueror, which uh, was directed by Dick Powell, produced by Howard Hughes, star John Wayne, Agnes Moorhead, Susan Hayward. Um, They filmed uh, parts of that movie in St. George, Utah, and apparently uh, they were filming when uh, Operation Upshot or not whole, where eleven, a series of eleven nuclear tests, one of was one of which was nicknamed Dirty Harry, <laughs> and uh, apparently it was filmed when that that went off. But then to make matters worse, um, when they were doing studio work in the studio, they wanted the soil to match the outside shots. So Howard Hughes had uh, like sixty tons of soil from St. George shipped to the studio. Oh, no. Uh, to the sound stage, um, of the 220 people who worked on that film, 91 of them uh, developed some form of cancer. Uh, 46 of them died from cancer by by the year 1980. Now, you know, like John Wayne and, and Susan Hayward smoke like chimneys. So, sure. but I know <laughs> I know that they also wondered if if that didn't play a part in their deaths. Well, sure. Oh yeah. Can magnify any yeah. you know pre-existing condition you have. But but regardless, you would normally, out of a, a sample of 220 people, you would normally expect 30 of them to develop some form of cancer in a lifetime. But again, they had three times that yeah. um, that in that amount. And if you're interested, you can look on um, the interwebs for information it, about that. Well, I've also information about, about incidences of cancer in St. George, Utah itself. You know, they, they had a lots of trouble with people developing leukemia and other uh, forms of cancer. Some of that stuff is scary because I, rem- I don't know if it was near this place, but I remember something about, was it a nerve gas that got out? And because of the way the wind was blowing, it ended up killing a bunch of sheep on a farm. And if it would have been blowing the other way, it would have went into a city and killed people. Oh, so it's kind of amazing that more... right people don't die from that stuff but i do remember hearing that about the conqueror when you wonder what we don't hear about yeah exactly no and one of the things that's troubling about the conqueror is they knew about the nuclear test site, i was going to ask that question but they were they were told that there was no danger this is what when was this this uh the conqueror uh i think it was filmed in um it was filmed in 1956 so okay when did we become aware of the dangers of nuclear warfare Hiroshima. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically. We, we and when was that? 1945. Okay, so I mean, so we were well aware of what the effects were going to be by then. And I've I don't know if we were we were aware of the long-term effects. I mean, but we, knew what, we knew what the short-term effects were where you're when you're near ground zero. 1945 is 11 years past Hiroshima. I think they had some idea. And yeah. I, 
you know, I've even heard people who were involved in the Manhattan Project who said, like, we knew that there was probably, you know, toxic effects from this stuff when we were working on it before we even set one off. Yeah. Right. But, uh, I, you know, because there, there was a guy working at uh, the Manhattan Project who let a reaction get out of hand, and he died of uh, radiation poisoning within a week. Mm. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, it, the fact that these workers weren't protected, compensated. protected or well, protected compensated. or compensated after it was revealed yeah. what they had been exposed to. Yeah. But then I think the That's whole thing with uh, signing it to a, that national security, that they're exempt from any sort of liability, I think is kind of a dick move, but what can you do? But activities continued at the at the site. They continued working on stuff, and more and more came out about it. Uh, they found out that the people that worked there would get there from, what is it, what airport is that? McCarran Airport. McCarran Airport. Is that in Las Vegas? Yes. Okay. That there was a terminal where the planes weren't marked. They were they were known, I don't know if it was official or if it was a nickname, but they were known as Janet. Yeah. Was that an official designation? That's what everyone calls it. Uh Everyone seems the to... The plane s- is called Janet? No, that... Or the, the terminal? The, 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 the planes, flights. The, the planes, planes are completely flights. unmarked. They they're have white, a, right? They're, they're white, white with red stripes. Red, yeah, red there's stripes, yep. six... They have a fleet of six 737s, and they have some smaller planes, too. But the 737s, um, they, they have no number markings on them. And um, Janet is... Legend to stand for just another non-existent terminal. Yes, yeah, that I've heard. Okay, yep. But and I've heard it when people hear the radio, when people get, you know, the flight radio, they hear them referred to as Janet One, Janet Two. Okay. So I would just always didn't know if Janet was a nickname that they took on for themselves or if Janet was the official name of the, the airline. But mm-hmm. there there's videos out there where you can see the workers climb onto the planes and then climb back at night. And, you know, they think a lot of the UFO sightings that people saw near Area 51 were just the Janet air airplanes coming in and out. Sure. But then there's a lot of reports of people seeing lights in the sky doing maneuvers that a plane couldn't do. So they don't know if these were government test planes, if, if what they were. You know, there's been a lot of planes, you know, created there. When it, did drones first... Drones are relatively recent, but I'm I'm willing to bet well, drones were well released to were, the public. Sure, yeah, when I'm do you think the government to bet was drones working? Were, were <laughs> worked on there mm-hmm. way before we knew about them. You know, there was a, a plane called Aurora, or there was an uh, a craft a project called Aurora okay. that showed up in a budget for black projects. You know, like for like secretive projects, and people still theorize about what Aurora was because they don't know. They don't know if it was a plane that they just didn't make or if it was a nickname of a plane that was made, but they would see these names of these planes as they were working on them. And then in October of 2013, the government declassified some reports about Area 51, and that is the first time it was actually named, acknowledged. So that is when it was officially deemed to exist, even though people basically knew about it since the Bob Lazar story. Sure. But there's a lot of theories that the government wanted you to know about it because a lot of people theorize that at one time there possibly were UFOs or UFO-related material on the sites that the government moved to a different site and they wanted people to focus on Area 51. The old bait-and-switch. The old bait-and-switch. I hear, I see on, on the internet a lot of people say that uh, Dugway Proving Grounds, I believe that's in Utah, is... Mm-hmm. The, the real Area 51 where stuff is. And it's still in existence. There is still, you know, movement there. There are still flights. They're still testing things. And people are still trying to get in and, and see what's And people are still trying to get on. in there. There's a, I don't remember the name of the security company. It used to be Wackenhut. Uh, I don't know who it is now, but these are what are referred to as the camo dudes. Camo dudes. The guys that sit in their trucks and, you know, give you the stink eye when you get near the, the border. But they have uh, motion detectors all over the place. You can't get on there. Mm-hmm. You know, and part Who of me knows what kind of technology they have to, you know, keep an eye on what we're doing as we approach. Oh, you can't get anywhere near there without their. You're on their radar so. long before you realize it. I'm sure. Yeah, but there's still people going to Tickaboo Peak and watching, seeing the things that go on there. So it is still in existence today. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, there's, of course, a couple of weird rumors about Area 51. Uh, the most prevalent one is that there's UFOs slash aliens there. Uh, there's reports. I'm not sure that's a weird rumor. I think that's just like the widely believed the the widely fact, believed yeah. fact. Yeah, there's a lot of reports that there is supposedly an alien there. That's I guess his name is J Rod. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. but I've I've heard of, I've read J-Rod. about it J Rod. I've read about it that there are it sounds like a celebrity couple. I think he, his cousin <laughs> is on the is on the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. So I don't do I don't sports much, but I, I think <laughs> so. There, there's people that say they've worked with him. I mean, there's not just one person. There's multiple people that say they have worked with him or seen him. You know, okay. he's supposedly is he a gray? Yeah, he's That's like kind of described picture. like a gray. That he's telepathic. Okay. You know, he's supposedly kind of like a go between between the aliens and us. So I don't know what to make of that. Hmm. Instead of that annoying guy who eats your lunch, he's always reading your mind and shit. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. <laughs> you know, and that he helps us with our technological advances and whatnot. But okay. that's the rumor. J-Rod. J-Rod. What the, what the heck did he have to do on his home planet to get stuck on that? Dude? I don't know. That's <laughs> one of the podcasts <laughs> I listened Paradise to. Ranch. One of the podcasts <laughs> I listened to said that, you know, maybe he got banned here. This is like our, the Siberia for them where so they stick exile. ones that they don't like. And mm-hmm. he's got his spaceship where every now and then he goes and gets something and gives it to us like some technology. Here's a microwave. You're going you're gonna to love this soon. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, maybe, he's, also... maybe he's just in sales. <laughs> he might be. He might be. It's a pyramid scheme for sure. <laughs> <It is>. J-Rod. <laughs> I kind of want to hug him. Uh, another rumor is that the area, that Area 51 was built around a Stargate, that there is a Stargate there. Like with Dean, Fos- Dean Alan Foster, what is, what's his name? MacGyver? Yeah. Yeah, just call him MacGyver. Okay, MacGyver. <laughs> that, uh... He's one of those three-name people, isn't he? Yeah, Richard Dean Anderson. There Richard you go. Richard Dean Anderson. <laughs> I know, I know my is an author. I, I know my MacGyver. Uh, but yeah, there's supposedly a Stargate there. What's a Stargate? Uh, I'm not a Trekkie. You have to explain this not, to it's me. A, it's a whole show. It's not just Star Trek. Oh, Stargate, the show. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. it's a uh, a gate that sort of like goes a through that. Yeah, it's a portal okay. that you can go to. I guess like a wor- an artificial like an artificial created. wormhole. There was supposedly okay. one that Saddam Hussein had. And that's why that's why oh, we, yeah. that's why he we got it. In his back, that's yeah. why we got into the war because we wanted his Stargate. So okay. yeah, there are people that believe there is a Stargate there. <laughs> Might have. There was a. There's a lot of people that think there's a huge underground railway system in the United States. That there's tunnels connecting all these military bases. Hmm. That uh, Area 51 is like one of the hubs of this underground transit system that actually seems plausible it does me. seem plausible but then they, they also ties into the underground bases where the aliens are and where the aliens are you know experimenting on us and where is it that the government has this stockpile of seeds and they're planning for like the end of uh, isn't the world that in and sweden or something like that also. well the international one i think is in sweden but the u.s we have one we yeah. might have one didn't ourselves. they say it just flooded not that long ago or something happened yeah i there? saw something in the news about that so it makes me wonder if there are these underground. Is it connected to that as well? No, the the infamous one is uh, NORAD. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But and you know, Dulce is supposed to be the big base that has the underground. We might even do a whole show on Dulce because that's supposed to be like the alien hub where the aliens oh. are underneath there. You okay. know, and then they talk about the uh, airport in Denver. That these are all connected with underground transit systems. Hmm. Also, another popular rumor about Area 51 is that that's where the moon landing was filmed. Oh, sure. I've heard that one. You know, for, sure. for the people that don't believe we ever landed on the moon. What do you guys think? Well, we certainly landed on the moon. Um, my my, opi- my opinion is I think we did land on the moon, but I could also see that we didn't land on the moon maybe when we said, when we we did. said we did. That we did later than we said we did. We just wanted to be the first. Yeah. Yeah. The the rumor I'd heard that Stanley Kubrick filmed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of rumors that Stan and that uh The Shining was his admission to Yeah, there's a lot of rumors that The Shining, the movie The Shining was his admission to faking So where's the symbolism I'm missing here? Uh is there's this part of the podcast. <laughs> Danny is wearing a shirt with like the uh, Apollo one yeah. of the Apollo crafts on it. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a lot of stuff in there that 
people read into. You know, one of the things that people say is when Jack is typing all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, that all is actually A11 standing for Apollo 11. So a lot of people, a lot of The Shining, (laughs) a lot of The Shining was, I don't know if you and I talked about this, but I just watched the movie It Follows. Yeah. Which was a really good movie. Yeah, it's good. But then I read an article after I watched the movie about the things that the movie does to throw you off track and to make you feel uneasy. Oh, sure. Like the fact that you can't pinpoint what year it is. Yeah. It because seems like it's in the 70s. It seems like, not but really then they're watching sure. 50s mm-hmm. uh, sci fi. The girl has like a clamshell reader, which, don't, which doesn't exist. Hmm. And they said that there's things that don't make sense with the seasons. Like the girl is in her backyard in her swimming pool. And then in the next scene, they're walking with winter jackets on. Mm-hmm. And that they do all these things to make you feel uneasy. subconsciously feel uneasy. And the, they that's said that's what Kubrick did in The Shining. Oh, I feel like he did that with all of his movies. That, uh, Have you seen A Clockwork Orange? <laughs> if you pay attention to the architecture of the hotel, it doesn't make sense. Like there's windows where there shouldn't be windows and stuff like that. So I think mm-hmm. Kubrick threw a lot of stuff in there, you know, to make you feel uneasy i yeah. don't i don't know if i buy the i feel like it's a stretch to yeah, say I feel like, like it's the a stretch. all in all work and no play is a11 i want to say i'm 90 percent on board with that we actually went to the moon when we said we did but i still have those kind of eh. yeah i don't like to believe our government would try to pull the wool over our eyes like that seriously but well even even beyond the government there's also the individuals involved because right. you know you're saying neil armstrong is a liar. Well, right. that's what yeah. they said is that it would you would it's need true. a lot of people to be on board be with elaborate. that and to not blab about ever, it. Ever ever leak it. Yeah. Right. But if people thought they were doing it for national pride or whatever, I could see people doing that. Yeah, it's a long time to keep a secret though. It is a mm-hmm. very long time to keep a secret. Yeah. But that's what people say is that's where you know the moon landing was actually filmed. Possibly yeah, by 51. Stanley Kubrick, possibly not. So that's Area 51. <laughs> In a nutshell. In a nutshell. Uh, but getting to my connection with Area 51. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about it. Anybody who knows me knows that I can't cook worth a damn. This is a weird <laughs> segue into this yeah. topic. Okay. So my dad would always my dad would always make me food. So I'd go to his apartment and pick it up. And one day I was there getting my dinner from him. And it wasn't done cooking yet. Was so he I, retired now? By that time, he was retired. Okay. Uh, so I was sitting on the couch, and he had the History Channel on, and there was a show about Area 51. And my dad was a driller for the Corps of Engineers, but he had crazy high security clearance. You know, he's... I call him 007. Yeah. Or Walter Bishop. You guys call him <laughs> yeah, Walter, Walter Bishop, Bishop from Fringe. Yeah. But and he, then that uh, show died out, and I went back to 007. He's, I don't know. We'll so get how into, did it come we'll up? We'll get yeah. into that. But we, I was watching the Area 51 show, and then it popped in my head to ask him. And I said, have you been to Area 51? And he gave me a look that I was that was him saying, should I tell him or not? Ah. So then I said, you have been there, haven't you? And he said, I shouldn't say anything, but yes, I have been there. That's crazy. That's it like, is crazy. You know, anybody and who's I, into this at all, that's like goosebump type thing. And I know? said... And before I could say anything else, he said, I'm going to tell you two things. Number one, I didn't see any damn aliens. <laughs> and number two, the place is an environmental nightmare. Oh. Which you can kind of sure. see from what we've talked about. Yeah. You know, and then I said, so you took Janet Airlines there? And he said, yeah, he did. So. He didn't tell you what he was n- doing, though. No, he couldn't tell me what he was doing. Sure. He said he could not tell me what he's doing. And he said. Something with a drill. And I said, I said, you didn't <laughs> see aliens. And he said, no. But when you're there, you're there doing what you're supposed to do. You're not just wandering no, around. No, he said you don't really, you don't like go wander, look for the gift shop. He said you <laughs> yeah. have guards on you constantly. You go to the bathroom, guards are right there. You can't just wander around. And I wish I would have got to ask him more about it, but I didn't. And he passed away mm-hmm. like a year or two after. I always said I wish he, you would have found some like secret memoir where he like revealed all the cool, you oh, know, things well, he had yeah, done. Yeah, we'll get to that too. But... I asked my aunt just recently if he ever said anything to her about it, and she said, yeah, he did. He said that he told her that he saw things there that he never imagined we had. Really? And I don't know. Oh, man, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming that just Craft. means crafts. Yeah. But it's Not like, like wow. arts and crafts? Yeah. <laughs> Blu-ray players. <laughs> what? 
Maybe Blu-ray players. Blu-ray players. <laughs> yeah, right. So I never got to to find out what he meant by that. But hmm. yeah, he had. You know, I think I told I think I told you guys about this that he was a driller, mm-hmm. and that in the early '80s the government contracted him to do a drilling job. I love this story. I know and, it never uh, gets old. Yeah, he told me this that they it was in Washington D.C. They picked him up in a van that had blacked out windows, so he could not see where he was going. He couldn't see anything. He had his drilling equipment, so they drove for a while. They got out of the van, and he was in a cave. And they wanted him to drill upwards through the cave. So he did that, got back in the van, never found out what he did, never was told what was going on. And then like 10, 15, 20 years later, he was watching a show about Cold War espionage. And they talked about in the show in the early 80s when the government drilled up underneath the Russian embassy in Washington, D.C., to put listening devices. And he said when he saw that, he saw the dates, and he said that was what he was doing, that he was drilling the holes up through the ground to put the listening devices. That must have been surreal for him in that moment to realize I don't, I don't I know if it was that. because he... Uh, Corey, my brother, and I always talk about that he must have had super high security clearance or something because he was he would do stuff where he wouldn't be... He wouldn't see us for a while, and he would just mention that he would be in South America doing something with lasers in the jungle down there, <laughs> something like that. Sure. And uh, your everyday run in the mill. What was dad weird stuff. was after he died, just coincidentally, my brother had bought a book off Amazon on America's top secret installations, and at that time, I had borrowed that book from my brother, and I was going through my dad's calendar of where he had been and he had been to all these places he had been to the dugway proving grounds that i've mentioned he's been to area 51 he's been to all of these places listed in this book so we don't really that's crazy. my brother said he kind of wants to do a freedom of information act but i don't think there would be anything i think he was just a driller but he had super high clearance for these places well, there's probably a file on them but the question is how much will get redacted yeah exactly It'll all told... be black marker exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah so yeah. You, basically your dad's an american hero i don't know about that but he's <laughs> well uh, you got espionage think... on the soviets yeah sure, your dad's an american hero <laughs> you got to think that he really uh was a key part in getting some of these things accomplished possibly Wow, I never thought about that. (laughs) That's amazing. That's like giving me the goosebumps right now. Yeah, I wish I would have got to talk to him more about. Oh, I don't know if he could have talked more about. Sure. You know, I'm sure he would have wanted to tell you. That's one of the things. Like, I I watched some videos that were by uh, supposedly by former employees of Area 51, and when you think of, you know, the non-disclosure agreements that people in Hollywood have to sign. Yeah. And, you know, the, the details of The Last Jedi don't get leaked. You yeah. know, how, yeah. how can Hollywood keep a bigger rap on movies <laughs> yeah. than, than the government can keep on Area 51? Are, are, these, are these people that are recording testimonials about, you know, their, their work in, at Area 51 where they saw all these aliens and so forth? That's not a very good non-disclosure act. No, <laughs> right, it's yeah. not. It's not. Or are they all just attention-seeking? Attention-seeking or, you know, maybe they, you know, a little unbalanced or, sure. you know, maybe they never worked there or that, that fellow you mentioned earlier, you know, he probably worked there but not in the capacity he says that he, he did. He implies that that's, he did. that's what they think, that he was contracted, that Bob Lazar was contracted to work for him, and he just made up everything else about the UFOs and about all that stuff. Well, this yeah. might be a good segue into the, the coast-to-coast. Yes, the coast-to-coast caller. Uh, yeah. Some what of our listeners probably know about this. Some The panic? No, what the is frantic it? The caller. frantic caller, yeah. yeah. So this happened on September 11th, 1997 on coast-to-coast AM radio show with art bell with art bell i've actually never heard it i've never listened to the show no (laughs) it's because it's on it well it was on at like one in the morning or something like that sorry i'm I'm like six hours (laughs) (laughs) but you can't listen to it like online so yeah we have no excuse but yeah on september 11th 1997 a man called claiming to have worked at area 51 
He spoke with a frenzied voice of a man terrified for his life. And we have the recording of it right now. Yeah, we're going to play it. So we are going to play that for you right now. Online, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, 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 I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, Area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh man, I don't know where to start. They're uh, they're, they're gonna um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone. So give us something quick. Okay. Um. Um. Okay, what well, what we're thinking of as as aliens are they're uh, they're they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with uh, they they are not what they claim to be uh, they have infiltrated a lot of. Uh, My first impression when I heard it yesterday was this guy sounds legitimately scared, but he, he could just be a really good actor or he could be walking really fast because that would make you sound really. Yeah. Like out of breath and <laughs> could be like jogging. Uh, what 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 I find fascinating about that is that when it cuts off at the end, that wasn't like where somebody stopped recording. That is where the, the whole s- station, the, signal, the whole station, the satellite signal completely went out. Mm-hmm. And he said that has never happened before in the course of the show. They had to get some kind of backup system. Yeah. So I don't know. To me, that's weird the, coincidence. That's, that's the weirdest part of it. A hacker. I don't know. What I noticed is the he said nothing really specific. No. Like if if I had worked at Area 51, I'd say. I worked at Area 51 for five years. Well, if I yeah. and I may have n- mentioned names of yeah, people I is, know. That is one of the things I read or, about that is that people think that he would have said more specific yeah. things. And even even the warnings he were giving were so generic that and very doomsday in terms of as if there was something imminent. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if this was recorded in 1997, yeah. I don't think anything was that Although imminent because we're still here. 9-11 did happen. It was 9-11, 1997. I guess 9-11 did happen. People do claim that that was orchestrated by the government. But yeah. <clears throat> to play devil's advocate a little bit, you know, somebody who I they're going to find out I'm on the phone with you any minute now. I got to get out as much as I can. I'm not sure he would give out like I was here this long. Yes. I think he'd get to the message he thinks people need to know right away. And and the things that he did say kind of made sense. They Nothing was super outlandish until the whole wiping out the, you know, large cities yeah. part came I about. I mean, I, I agree. I've said that in the past on the podcast that I think aliens are dimensional or like yeah. from another dimension right away not I was necessarily like, oh, that's plausible <laughs> yeah not necessarily from another planet interdimensional yeah yeah but i mean i mean it was just a guy on a phone who was talking in kind of a, a worried tone of voice yeah. it could have been an actor it could have been a hoaxer yep. and then the satellite feed got knocked out and could have been. he could have hacked into it it could have been an elaborate hoax let's put it that way it could have been and then after you know this story kind of died down I'm not exactly sure when it was, but we think it was a couple weeks after the original call. The caller supposedly called back admitting that it was just a hoax, but people have their opinions about that. So right here is the clip of the caller 
calling back. The East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Uh, this is Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello. You didn't disconnect me before, did you? Were you on earlier tonight? Uh, no, not, um, towards the end of the last hour, you said, uh, uh, East of the Rockies, you're on the air, and your voice was immediately replaced by the operator saying, your party has not connected. Oh, uh, well, see, as you can now tell, I don't screen calls. So right. what happened, obviously, was that I answered the phone just at the very instant that you had been ringing as long as they were going to let you ring. Yeah. And so that occurs, obviously, sometimes I go to a line and... It's uh, dead and nobody's there, and that's what's happened. You know, we just were right. on the cusp there. Anyway, I'm glad uh, you made it back through. Yeah, you got all my paranoia buttons uh, running. I always get very nervous when, when I call you. Uh, I'm Brian. I hung up on you last week. Oh, I see. And uh, I just figured, damn the torpedoes. Uh, I'll just do this and let the chips fall where they will. All right. Um, everybody, I am the Area 51 caller. Um that's that's my statement and let you or whatever tear it apart <laughs> you you claim you're the area 51 i i am the man how do you account for the fact area 51 caller okay that part of the way through your spiel the satellite went down i have no idea and it scared the heebie-jeebies out of me that night <laughs> uh, i've called a number of times on your specialty line nights doing different and all kind of wacky characters and that's all that one was supposed to be and uh if the call had been completed it would have been ancient history by now and has, it, has it occurred to you as uh barbara marks hubbard suggested tonight that perhaps if you're really what you say you are you created the reality of the rest of the situation and took down my satellite that scares the heebie-jeebies out of me because it means that what I was saying was somehow correct and it was fabrication kind of creating um, creating a reality. Yeah, if, if that was the case, I humbly apologize to you because I love your show and the last thing I would ever want to do is not be off the air. air. So what, what, what can I do to prove my claim here? Well... I guess you could, you could, uh, you could give us a little of what you gave us then, so that we could hear it and know it to be you. Are you sure you want me to do that, Art? I'm positive. Um, don't, Art, Art, please. Don't. I, I don't want you to ask me to do this. Um, if, if, if I start doing that, that, that guy, I, I... <laughs> you're right about that. Now. That, let's just take that little sample that you just gave us so that we don't alter some sort of hard little reality <laughs> okay. here at the end of the program, and we'll let the callers be the judge. Okay. All right? I thank you for this opportunity. This has just been driving me bananas for months. And, you, uh, uh, I, I, didn't, uh, I didn't know what you wanted me to do. I, I knew it was very difficult for me to prove to you um, Huh. Uh, but I just thank you for, for your, your patience in, in dealing with me up to this time. All right. It's quite all right. Thank you. Uh, Fritz, uh, Fritz in Phoenix, as a matter of fact, called and said, oh, yes, that's him. Somebody else said, oh, no. Now he has done his little Area 51 caller immo, or the real thing, depending on what you think. And so we'll leave it up to all of you. That is what you think. So that was the supposed caller calling back. What do you think? Okay, at first I was like, that's not him. And you guys were like, oh, yeah, that's him. As soon as he went into the, the performance, it, it was him. Yeah. Jamie? I, I think so, too. Yep, I agree. I think that it was just that guy calling in, doing a character or whatever. There's a lot of people that don't think that's him. A lot of people think that's a different person, or a lot of people think that's him, but he's being forced by the government to say that. To claim it's a To hoax. claim that. Even after all that, I still think the most interesting thing is the satellite feed going yeah, out. I think is. that is, if it's a coincidence, it's a hell of a big coincidence. You know, is Area 51 like listening to Coast to Coast I, and they're like, this no. guy, who's this guy? We got to shut this down. <laughs> I don't know? know. Part of me thinks that they wouldn't be able to react that fast. But then part of, me thinks that, yeah, part of me thinks that they might. So either it's a huge coincidence that the satellite went off or. I mean, it would take you how long to hack into, you know. 
you have the top hackers in the world, which you got to think they do. Yeah, I would assume that Even the government. For is, I would assume that the government is able to go in and just knock the satellite off. Yeah. You know. I imagine they could do it. Probably. I don't know, but I I'm on board. I'm guessing with, they're not listening to coast to coast. Though. Yeah. It's just that. I'm on board with the that was the same guy, but the satellite getting knocked out during the first call was kind of weird. Yeah, that's strange. Creepy coincidence. Mm-hmm. And on that note, Area 51. What do you think, Krista? I mean, is it is it a hotbed of... So I think there's two versions of Area 51. There's the romanticized version that a lot of us like to think about. Yep. There's aliens and alien craft and all kinds of secret government experiments going on there. And then I think there's probably the more realistic. It's just where they're coming up with new technologies and testing craft that we're misinterpreting as UFOs because we've never seen anything like it before. They're very secretive. Maybe they're doing some shady things there, the government. They're doing that stuff all the time, all over the place. Yep. I mean, who knows what they're doing at Area 51. And if your dad said it was an environmental nightmare, yeah, what does that mean? I'm not sure I want to know. No, I mean, that they don't, they don't have to conform to OSHA things because they technically don't exist. Right. So they can do whatever the hell they want. So maybe there's this sweet spot in the middle where it's a little bit of both of those things. I That's very know. possible. What do you think? Jamie? I think all the... the um, the testing craft and so forth is certainly confirmed and really well documented. Um, you know, if you're going to test airplanes in a secret location, it should be in a large area where nobody goes, like maybe the desert. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. And um, so that makes great sense. The thing about aliens, I highly doubt it. Um, I mean, if the government did have a hold of alien technology, that's certainly where they would take it because of its remoteness. But the idea that the government has alien technology, you know, I'm not sure why aliens would give us stuff. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to the, gain. The supposed, the supposed belief is that they gave us technology and things in exchange for letting them experiment on people, but, letting them abduct people and run experiments on them. I kind of think they could just abduct people. Exactly. I'm not sure we could really yeah, stop them from permission. doing that. Um, they just you know. find the nearest trailer park and they, <laughs> they go for it. And, you know, obviously, if there are... Or uh, hikers and campers for the uh, missing 411 oh, people. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. If there are alien craft visiting our planet, then, you know, one of them would have to crash in order for the government to get their hands on something and... Kind of, w if they have the technology to get here, I'm not sure yeah. they would crash right when they're about to no, park. No, my brother and I always say that. <laughs> that that was on a. Uh, that Dennis Miller said that once. He said, "Boy, these uh, UFOs can fly across galaxies and plat past stars through asteroids, landing, but those New Mexico <laughs> telephone lines are a real bitch." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But my feelings on Area 51 is that it's just testing yeah. man-made flights. If there is anything exotic or whatever that was there, I think it's been long since moved since, you know, everybody and their barber knows about Area 51. So mm -hmm. it's not exactly. I, I think it's secret. probably still pretty secure, though. It's probably I, pretty you know, secure, I, I but with everybody looking at it, they would well, want and these the things. the day of smartphones and the Internet, everybody gets yeah. a picture of anything. Yeah, they would want these things. I think the government likes the fact that people are so honed in on this place because then they can do stuff in other places where people aren't paying attention to them. I think there's a lot to that. I really do. I do too. I think that the government likes the fact that Area 51 has this mystique that this is where top secret shenanigans go on. Mm -hmm. So that's that. Yeah. <laughs> top secret shenanigans. Top secret shenanigans. <laughs> that should be the, the theme of this episode. So that ends this show. If you have any ideas, comments, suggestions about Area 51, please let us know. Jamie, thank you so much for sitting in. Yeah, this is cool. It, it was a pleasure. Uh, Jamie actually just had a book published. What? Yes. Why are we just talking about this now? I didn't think he wanted it brought up. <laughs> this, is, this is called a teaser. <laughs> this is called a teaser. I didn't know if he wanted it brought up no, or not. No, Why wouldn't fine. you want that brought up? That's yeah, amazing. He just he published a book. Okay, Tell us about it. Yeah. Uh, I had a book published on music in Disney animated films um, from Snow White to the Jungle Book. So yes. if you're interested in that stuff, it's out on hardcover and ebook right now. And in spring, it will be out on paperback. Yeah, it was awesome. When I was at the library the other day, I was walking past the new material and there it was sitting on the shelf. And oh. I was like, holy crap. Okay, what is guy. the name of the book? Um, music in Disney's animated features, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs to 
the Jungle Book. Wow, that was the whole title. That was yeah. the whole title. I thought that was the description. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I think you missed out on a huge marketing possibility because you could have had, you know, when somebody purchased the book, it could have came with a uh, free MP3 download of me singing Hakuna Matata. Ooh. Ooh. What know. a wonderful phrase. <laughs> yeah, it means no Ain't worries. No passing. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's a problem-free philosophy. Yes. But no, that is awesome. I'm super happy that that got out. Yeah, that's amazing. Congratulations. As, right. Thank you. As writers ourselves, that's we're always a little jealous when we hear that someone, you know, just a little bit jealous. Big. Yeah. Thanks for making time Very for cool. us tonight, yeah. Mr. Oh. Big Shot. For the little people. <laughs> for the little people. He's out slumming tonight. Every time I come to Wisconsin, I try to make my way bet- to Batavia. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah <laughs> yes. Well, how, how could you not? The yeah. booming metropolis, the, as I yeah. like to call it. <laughs> it's off the hook here. I think we saw another car tonight when we were <laughs> yeah, coming we through. Yeah. There's a dog running across the street. Yep. So it's busy night here in Batavia. Yeah. Okay, oh, I told then. Jamie when we got here, I realized just this week that old school media is because we are in an old school. You just figured that out I now? I just figured that out now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Speaking of old school media, sorry. Kurt's referring to the company that kind of is uh, hosting this podcast along with uh, Paranormal Palaver, Friday Nights with Jeff and Joe, and more in development right now. So we have a website. Uh, I don't think we have a Facebook page, but all of our podcasts do. So again, visit us. The strain sessions on Facebook. Yep, a lot of people have been commenting on our YouTubes and yeah. our YouTubes. Our YouTubes. That's, what, <laughs> the that's what the kids say. That's on the interwebs. That's what the kids say these days. I'm not hip like that. It's like that. turnt. <laughs> what? Turnt. I don't know. I think that's what kids say about something or other. It's turnt. Turnt. <laughs> Sounds dirty to <laughs> Just me. Just a bunch of old <laughs> people nod politely. sitting in a room trying to sound cool. Isn't that what podcasts are? Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes we do sound cool, but for the most part. We mostly just sound strange. Yeah. It's just exactly. a, a filter on audacity. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, Jamie, thank you again for joining us. It was great having you here. Yes. And until next time, stay, stay strange. strange.